Liz Sumner, and this is I Always Wanted To, the podcast where I interview people who are doing things that others long to do. What have you always wanted to try? My guest today is musician, vocal coach, and music educator, Judy Fine. Judy has been teaching and performing popular music styles for two decades as a singer, keyboardist, and sometimes trombonist. When I first met Judy, she owned the Singers and Musicians Studio, a performance-based pop music school in Keene, New Hampshire. She now coaches aspiring singers in the Cape Coral, Florida area, and runs Online with Judy Fine, an online teaching resource for singers. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm very happy to have you here. So I wanted to ask you about performance. I've had guests on before talking about singing, and they are some of the most popular episodes that we've had. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I remember seeing some of your student videos where you worked with people on, on, on stage presence. Am I remembering sure. that correctly? Mm -hmm. I, I think of you as focusing on on bringing out the star quality of people. Is that absolutely? Tell, yeah, I would say that. Just that. bringing out what the real uh, musician and artist is in you, and trying to bring that out, whether you're a little kid or you're an adult. And a lot of that is just you can't choreograph it so much. You have to sort of find your way of connecting with the song and then put it out there. And so a lot of new new performers are are kind of shy and they act out a lot of things and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So my, my overall advice for performers is to imagine that they're telling, they're speaking the story to someone. So for example, I just said speaking mm -hmm. and that was just a natural thing, but I didn't say speaking or, <laughs> or just imagine that you're speaking. <laughs> you know I mean? mm -hmm. to be natural mm -hmm. and not overdone. And the most important aspect is that you connect with it. So it's on your face and the things you do just happen naturally. So you want it to be as, in pop music especially, you want it to be as speech-like as possible, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between singing and performing? Anybody can sing and not be connected, like you could be making words come out of your mouth, but not be connecting with them and not be convincing me you mean any of it. Mm -hmm. One thing I tell some of my students to do is to record themselves on their phone, video record themselves, and then watch it back without the volume. And then tell me if you can tell the mood of the song, the, you know, the rhythmic feel of the song, something like that. Because if you're not portraying that with your body, then you're not really connecting with it, not the words and not the music. That's, that, I can imagine that being really, really useful. Um, Absolutely. I, I used to go to, to open mics and I would sit there and I'd say, people open your eyes, you know, L yeah. look at the audience. Super common. Oh. That's fear. That's yeah. fear. You're just trying to put a wall between you and your audience. That's mm -hmm. why some people wear sunglasses too. Uh, um, and I have told students because that's a huge fear, right? So performance anxiety is the very core, like our self-worth is tied up and not only getting up and performing for someone, but in our voices, mm -hmm, so much mm -hmm. of your self-worth is just tied up in the quality of your voice. Some people can't listen to themselves, you know, recorded on their uh, voicemail or whatever. They just can't stand their voice mm -hmm. because there's so much self-worth tied up in it. So, so you want to, some of us just have this instinct 
to separate the audience from us. I have had students who, are, who had a lot of performance anxiety that I said, okay, I, I encourage a lot of my students to go to karaoke, if not all of my students, mm -hmm. to go to karaoke. It's an awesome way to, to practice performing. You bring your friends, they're usually drinking, <laughs> so they're not really getting all the details. You can even have them come up and do the first song with you. Mm -hmm. So there's a group thing and you get kind of comfortable on stage. But I've even said, you know what, the first time you go, wear sunglasses if you want to wear sunglasses. Like, do baby steps if you need to. Who cares? Mm -hmm. There's no rules. Just just get yourself there. But yeah, you want to open your eyes, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so what's your background? What, how did you, or, and, what, and what's your, the, the path that you took to get here? I took a very scenic path <laughs> to my current life. Um, and certainly your, your listeners and, and viewers don't need to follow my path exactly. But um, I, I did music as a young kid. When I was still in kindergarten, a couple of local musician teachers came and they showed us some instruments and I latched onto the trombone. <laughs> and I think it's because from a young age, I just wanted to be different. Mm -hmm. I was always different. And it was the only instrument with a slide. Mm -hmm. And somehow that caught my eye. So if you can imagine a little girl, like I couldn't, <laughs> there's six positions. I had to go like this to reach four. <laughs> so it was crazy. And I remember my first performance was when the saints go marching in on the trombone. I'm sure, you know, back then we didn't record everything. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure it would have been a trip to watch as an adult but anyway music was just my thing my whole life it was like expected of me almost and I ended up studying it in college and the problem was I didn't really have critical thinking skills back then and I didn't have adults around me helping me think critically so I got a master of music in music composition <laughs> which you, as you can imagine like opened all kinds of doors <laughs> So, um, but I was just really off track in my 20s. I, I, I flailed through all my 20s. And it wasn't until I was on the verge of 30 and I sort of started my life over, you could say, or started my life, um, that I really got back to music the way I wanted to do it. And that was, you know, I formed bands and I made a CD and, and I worked jobs that just helped me pay my bills, that were just enough to pay my bills so I could do what I wanted musically. So I hadn't, I hadn't given myself permission to just embrace the joy that music brought me. Mm. I was very like people, these people think I should teach in a, in a university setting and that's really respectable. So I think I'll get a master's degree. For years I wrote my, you know, my student loan check. I was like, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> it was awful. I just, I, I love the fact that you're talking about permission because that, that, that's what I've been working with clients on recently. Just Absolutely. Uh, giving yourself permission. That, that's, that's key. It's so, it's extra key with singing because um, you're getting to the part that I'm really passionate about. So I might get kind of excited here, but there is something about singing that people do that they don't do in any other field. There's this, it's two things. There's this sense that you're supposed to be born, you know, amazing already. Otherwise you shouldn't bother doing it, which is a ridiculous concept that we don't apply to any other field, right? Nobody goes to school and says, well, I'm not good at math, so my mom says I shouldn't bother taking math class. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It's a ridiculous concept. Mm -hmm. But the other thing is like there's, in the same vein, there's like this worthiness concept. Like you have to somehow be worthy of spending money or time or whatever on singing. And it's not just enough that you enjoy it and you want to pursue a passion. And, and the things that you get from, I'm giving myself goosebumps. Me too. The things that you get from, from pursuing a passion are so important. It's like eating your vegetables and getting your exercise. It makes you healthier. It makes you happier. 
I couldn't agree more. <sighs> I'm trying to rein myself in. <laughs> no, please don't, because this is the same, the same thing that I get very excited about. So, so please, Good. please go for it. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, I, I suppose we all try to offer what we didn't get when we were kids, right? So I, I didn't have someone saying, you know, like sort of reaching in and finding me. And then pulling that out and saying, do this, you can do this. I have people like you should, you know, don't upset other people. And, and, yeah, and, it, and it's okay to do it even when you make a, a couple of wrong notes or, or make totally. a mistake or you're not perfect totally. right out of the box. Totally. I very recently just made this rant video on my YouTube channel about, and I don't really do rant videos, but um, a parent pulled her, her daughter out, is like stop doing lessons after three lessons because she felt like she wasn't seeing progress three lessons. This is what I, this was my face on the video, three lessons. Her daughter loved singing. She oh. couldn't wait to, you know what I mean? So it just breaks my heart that, that there's this like worthiness thing. You have to prove yourself. No, you, you don't have to, you know, don't spend your mortgage money. Don't spend yeah. your mortgage payments, but budget in singing lessons. Like, yeah. We're all going to be dead one day. Yeah. Like, what are you saving that, you know, what are you holding back for? Mm. That is like my primary, that's like who I am. Yep. Like live your life. And, and it's important to do it in a way that doesn't hurt other aspects of your life, like financially, mm -hmm. but you don't need to prove your worthiness mm -hmm. to pursue things that make you feel good. <sighs> yes. Yes. So, so who, who comes to you? Who, who, um, who's your ideal client? There are two primary clients. There, there are people all across the board, but the two um, like most common students are young girls. Because something around seven or eight, they start to just love to act like the singers that they see. And, um, and then older people, more often women than men, who are like, I've always wanted to do this and I didn't, so I want to do it now. Yes, yes. And then I have some um, keyboard students, and this is another thing that's like one of my things, who come to me and say, because I teach um, like piano skills. So I don't teach traditional piano lessons. I'm not traditional in any way. Mm -hmm. So I teach like how to understand keys and thinking in, in keys and chord progressions and read from a lead sheet, which is just the melody and the chord mm -hmm. names. Mm -hmm. um, so because that is how you can incorporate that into your life forever. You can pick up a lead sheet and play and sing along and have fun. Whereas traditional piano lessons, you spend three or four months figuring out the notes <laughs> of one song and it's not quite the same. So one of the things that inspired me to do that is that adult student after adult student or potential adult keyboard student would come to me and say, I took four years of piano lessons when I was a kid or I took five years of piano lessons and now I wanna know how to play without, without reading classical music. And that just breaks my heart. Like I feel like that's a failure mm -hmm. of music ed. Mm -hmm. And it's something that doesn't happen in the other arts. The other arts, you study the past, but you create looking forward. And in a lot of traditional music education, you just glorify the past. That's the way it was where I went to college, at least back then. It was like the dance department was doing amazing forward thinking things. And, and the musicians were all like, look at this awesome thing someone did who died 400 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so true. That is so true. I wonder if yeah. we shouldn't do a, a whole podcast on, on piano because I think that's a brilliant path. Let's continue with this, but, but, sure. but let's talk about that because one of the things that I have done before and, and I think there's more to say is about people who, are, um, who don't know how to improvise, yeah. who, who are 
stuck on to what's written on the page and, yeah. and can't let themselves break free. Because I don't play an instrument, it, right. it, it, it's, it, it seems easy to me. And I also don't, I only barely read music. So, so letting go of the pages, no, no big deal. But, but I know right. musician friends who can't play anything by ear. Um, yeah, and this is another thing that is common among uh, music students and different than any other art field. Because I find, and this is anecdotal, I haven't done a study or something, but I find that music students are in other areas more afraid to try something on their own without rules. Oh. And if you think of music education, you have to learn the rules. You have to learn yeah. the rules of every art. Yeah. But it's so, there's so many logistics because you're reading, you're figuring out the fingering or whatever the fingering is. You're looking at the, um, I'm supposed to crescendo here. This mm -hmm. is supposed to be done sweetly or whatever mm -hmm. the, the dynamic marking is. There's so many of those things that you almost can't get to the, the personal expression. It's, it's a much longer path to getting to like being able to compose your own stuff. Well, and it's but also, you're also with an orchestra or something like that too. You're with yeah. others and where you must follow the rules or the, the, the maestro is, is going to get angry. <laughs> Absolutely. And I see, you know, there's a huge value in it. My mother passed away last year and I downloaded the sheet music for a song that I used to listen to as an Enya song. And I must have played it like 500 times in the days. And that's a really important thing to be able to do because I'm not necessarily someone that words come easily for me. Mm -hmm. And it helped me express things that I didn't have words for. And that was a beautiful thing. And that's the kind of thing music can do for you if you can get through it fast enough to be able to use that. So that's really important. And yet reading notes on a page is not expressing yourself the way just creating something is. It's just not the same. It's, it's closer to paint by numbers than mm. painting, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So that's one of my things too. And you mentioned on a, on a third thing that's, or you touched on a third thing that I also think is important and that is singers learning some music theory. Yes, yes, and, and you have some great, well, I want to talk about the resources on your site, but I really liked that the, the I, I found that, yeah, yeah, that is, that is something that I am working on awesome. um, to, to learn because um, I, I, I want to be able to, to say, no, it goes to the four there. Uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that, that, that's what I really want, want to learn. Uh, yeah, but yeah, tell yeah. me more about why singers need to learn music theory. There are lots of reasons. I mean, there are very specific, you know, reasons specific to music, like you want to be able to figure out how to harmonize. You need to understand what the chord is and be able to find it. A lot of people, um, you know, if some the melody singing this note, they try to find a third above it and then just mirror the melody. You can start out okay with that, but at some point you're going to be singing a note that's not in the chord and you need to understand that and how to mm -hmm. figure that out. Your timing will be better, um, your which will make your entrances better. Um, all kinds of things. You'll just be you'll get better at nailing pitches if you're doing things with music theory and sort of hearing how it goes and understanding scales and things like that. And then in a more just sort of lifestyle kind of way, this is especially true for women. So a lot of lead singers and bands are females and all the instrumentalists are male. That's not always the case, but it's very often. And as females, we already have this sort of um, 
you know, we might not know it, but we're already conditioned to kind of feel less than. Mm. And then you go into a situation where there's all these musicians who are speaking music and you don't know how to speak it. And you you feel even less like a peer. Mm-hmm. So do you experience that? I do. I do. And, and also, yeah. and I'm, I don't think that they are intentionally doing it, no. but, but the, they are, they, the, the instrumentalists uh, kind of leave the, the, the singers out in, in the, in the jazz. Yeah. It's they're not thought of. They they don't bring yeah. the equipment. They don't bring the microphones. They bring all the everything for everybody else, but they don't think yeah. about the singers. When I first opened the Singers and Musicians Studio in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. I wanted to call it the Musicians Studio, mm-hmm. and I sort of I, I you know shared that idea with a bunch of friends to see what they thought. And every single one of them, it was like five or six people. Every single one of them said, "But I thought you also teach singing." Because people don't see singers as musicians, yeah. and I think yeah. singers should break that norm. Yes, yeah, and 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 I think you're right that that learning learning theory is uh, is a good way to to make you part of the group, empower you. Yeah, it empowers it really does. you, and you don't have to go crazy with it. You just need to understand a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What's what's the first thing that you you think somebody needs to know? Um, the easiest place to start is with just a major scale and how the chords work in a major scale. Because like you said you need to go to the four there as an example. Mm-hmm. And that just means the chord that's built on the fourth note of the scale. And, and it's not that complicated. It takes a little practice to get comfortable mm-hmm. with it, but it helps you understand what's going on. And there was a time I was in a band not too long ago. Um, I've had like three failed attempts to, to be a part of a band down here. This, you know, that's a whole other story we can talk about. <laughs> um, personality problems. It's like dating, uh, uh, you know, uh. um, I was coming in on a note that, and the keyboardist kept telling me it was the wrong note. And I was pretty sure it wasn't, but I had not analyzed the theory of it. I just heard it and I remembered it and I sang it. And so I was able to say, it took me a little to figure it out. She's like, it's this chord. And I was able to say, oh, wait a minute, I'm singing the seventh. And she was trying to get me to sing the octave. Now there might be lots of people who don't know what I'm talking about, but it doesn't really matter what I'm talking about. What matters is I was able to defend myself yes. and say, actually, I'm not wrong. And I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also use the language that, that they're speaking yeah. so that you yeah. could, could make your point that, yeah, that, yeah. that is what I aspire to. Um, and you'll find sometimes if you're in a band with musicians who know a lot of stuff and you start to learn more, you'll find out that they don't actually know as much as you thought. <laughs> they just know enough to, to talk about it, but you might find that you just blow right past them. Well, we'll see. We'll see. So, <laughs> I'll help you, Liz. Okay. Oh, well, I, 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 I'll take you up on that. So what was the best piece of advice you were given when you were struggling or starting out? I... Don't know that anybody else gave me good advice. Oh. I hate to say that, but I think I had to figure it all out myself. Oh, okay. Well, do you know well, what what led you to to begin figuring it out? Um, you know, and part of this is maybe the female sort of the, the gender training that we don't realize we have, but part of it is also just my personality. I was very um, I felt less than, and I don't know how much was you know like a cultural thing and how much was just my personal thing. And it took me time to kind of, I guess, find my power, if that doesn't sound corny, no. to, 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 to recognize. I'll give you an example. So I was in, you probably remember the band, but I'm just going to avoid saying the name. Okay. But I was in a, a nine-piece band. It had a horn section, and it had um, two lead female singers. And I was a keyboardist, and everybody else, it was all men. 
And these were people I was, I was friends with, and I'm still friends with, I've lost touch with them, but I still consider them friends, good people. I realized after I left the band and I looked back at things that I spent my entire time in that band feeling, I don't know what the word is, if it's like underappreciated or mildly disrespected or something, mm -hmm. because it was more important to my bandmates that I was female than what I was contributing. And as an example, the, the instrumentalists would wear black suits or whatever, which is super common. Your instrumentalists are all in dark suits and your lead singers wear color, male or female. Mm -hmm. They were always sort of pressuring me to dress like the lead singers because I wasn't an instrumentalist in the band, I was female. And that was like this underlying thing that I didn't realize was sort of eating away at my confidence a little bit. It was like the fact that I had boobs was more important than what I was contributing musically. And I don't know that they intentionally meant that. It, it, it was just, it's like we said, it's just that this stuff is ingrained in you and you don't realize it. But it was actually eating away at me on some, you know, in the background. And I didn't realize it until I left. And it made me more careful about what projects I chose to engage in. I'm just thinking how wonderful it is that the young girls who come to you ha have you as a mentor to, to help them through that process. That is Thank way you. cool. I hope that's true. I hope I'm that's sure true. it is. I'm sure that, that, that you will be giving them that wisdom, at least how to, how to deal with it, how to, how to identify it. The, the next generation is going to be better off. I hope so. I, I'm Thank sure you. that's true. So, so tell me about onlinewithjudyfine.com. So <laughs> I like that. Um, online with Judy Fine. I stole the name from downtown Julie Brown. I don't know if you remember her. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> it flows. Uh -huh. um, it is an online learning resource for singers. So my primary offering is, is vocal developments. And I do that with online lessons and I do that in person. Um, but the, the newest offering that I'm the most excited about at this point is I have an online membership. And what it is, it starts with an eight-week um, singing, I call it a singer starter course. So it's eight weeks of like every week, there's a different topic. There's the singer's anatomy, there's um, how to best sing vowels, consonants, whatever. There's a different topic each week. And then there's um, a section about that tells you how you're going to do that week's workout. And then there's a section with that week's workout. And it's just audio files. So you just hit play and you sing along mm -hmm. and that's your workout. And you want to do that maybe four times a week or something before you go on to the next week. At the end of the eight weeks, you have covered every topic. You haven't mastered every topic because mm -hmm, it takes mm -hmm. more than a week. <laughs> but you've covered like all these important topics. Uh -huh. And now you just spend the rest of your membership having access to my vocal exercise libraries. And they're in playlist form. So you pick one, you hit play, you sing along, and then you go do your song work. So I'm trying my best to make it easy to work out your voice because the number one, I already said this, but the number one challenge for singers is this idea that you're supposed to already be great at singing. And it's not like that. You have to think of yourself as an athlete. And that means you care about how much sleep you get, how much water you drink and what kind of attitude you have. And then you work out your voice. So I tell my students all the time, sometimes they do an exercise and they don't like how it sounds. And I say, do you like how you look when you're doing sit-ups? <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is that you work on your ab muscles. Mm -hmm. I don't like how I look doing sit-ups. I'm not going to show you. The face scrunches up and it's not good. <laughs> but the abs are doing okay. Okay, good. 
So that's the thing I'm most excited about. And then I have the music theory for singers modules. Some of them are geared towards songwriting, but I try to, music theory can be very intimidating to people. So I try to sort of streamline it to what a singer might want and benefit from. That's great. Um, what is the membership cost um, for the? For it comes out to the cheapest version is the is a year long membership with mm -hmm. the starter course. That's one hundred twenty nine dollars. That's for a year. Yeah, that's, that's less than good. three hour long lessons with me. Wow. So I'm trying to reach many people, okay. <laughs> trying to make it accessible to many people, and you can do six months for seventy nine bucks. Wow. Um, and then if you continue ongoing, it, it comes out to $13 a month. I do it in three month incre increments once you've done the starter course. So it's super affordable. It's super easy. And I wish I had a recording of myself when I was young because I wasn't a great singer. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of enthusiasm. I had a good ear. Mm -hmm. I could harmonize, but the, the quality of my voice wasn't that great. It wasn't, it was kind of thin and breathy. I didn't have a lot of agility and it wasn't until I was in my thirties that I realized I could work on my voice and I don't have to just accept what I'm born with. And I wish I could have that before and after for people to see because people just assume the way I sing now is always the way I sing. And no, it's because I did vocal exercises and I continue to do vocal exercises. I use my online membership. I just wow. choose a playlist and yeah. That is not something that I have been been doing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm going to join your your portal Ooh. because I, I you're you're reminding me of things that I know are important, but I have been not doing so. Yeah, and it's easy to not do because who, who knows how to do their own vocal exercises? Like, what do you do? Yeah. Where do you go? How do you know what's good? Whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, that's my goal. That's very cool. Yeah. Okay, so anything else you, you, you recommend for people who want to learn more? If you want to get yourself out there, I, I would say there's four things to think about your skills, obviously, whether it's just singing or singing a guitar or whatever, mm -hmm. um, and think about really defining what you want a project to be. And, and that's super important because when I was young, I, again, I wasn't very good about like, just, this is who I am and this is who I want to be. So I would who, try to start projects. when they're young? I mean, come on. Totally, totally, <laughs> totally. And I'm not beating myself up. I'm just, it's just an yeah. observation. Yeah. Yeah. Please <laughs> but, um, I, <laughs> I didn't, um, I had an idea of what I wanted a project to be, but then I would start it with other people and, and then everybody wants to sort of, you know, put their ideas in, which they should, but I didn't have a clear sense of what was too much compromise. And mm -hmm. so sometimes I would be in a project and I, you know, you kind of wake up sometimes and you're like, what, where am I? Like, how did I get here? So I say have a really clear idea of what a musical project would be for you. Can you give me some examples of what your, what, what's a musical project? So I want to find a guitarist and get gigs in a restaurant and I want to do Carol King songs or something like that. Okay. Um, I want to do original songs and um, I just want to be with the keyboards or I just want to do it myself, whatever the types of songs that you okay. want, the types of places you want to perform, that okay. kind of thing. Okay. And then, you know, networking to meet musicians. I told you that um, I've had trouble sort of finding the right group here mm -hmm. and partly where where I met you up in New mm -hmm. Hampshire, it's a really small area. It's mm -hmm. a small market, and all the musicians kind of know each other, mm -hmm. either directly or you've heard of them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so every time I started a musical project up there, it was with people I knew or with people who knew people I knew. Now I'm in a place where my town alone has, I think, 180,000 people, mm -hmm. and there's a town 15 minutes away that's like the same or bigger. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of people, 
tons of places to play, but it really, it's really hard to know who they all are. So I've been using Craigslist mm -hmm. and Craigslist is a lot like match.com mm -hmm. in that you only know what they tell you mm -hmm. and you have to date a little while <laughs> to find out if you're really a match. You feel like you found the one mm -hmm. and then you date a little while and it's not quite right. Mm -hmm. So Craigslist is tough. So I usually recommend people go to like open mic nights or um, something like that to try to actually meet people and, and get a feel for them before you try to hook up. And then, of course, there's a whole marketing angle, but I think that's the important part for people that this might be new for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling incredibly grateful that um, my, my husband is a wonderful songwriter and, and, yes. and I get to, 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 to launch all of his songs. And, and, and you sound great. I I've, I've saw some of your videos on your channel. Thank you. I am, I am incredibly fortunate to get to, to sing songs that nobody has ever sung before. Yeah, that's um, awesome. And make them my own. Awesome. Uh, Good for you. Um, and what are you learning? Um, what's your, your goal? You know, I have been, I don't really know. So I left the last band a few months ago and I haven't looked for another one because I'm not sure what I want to do, but I have a lot of students here that are into musical theater. Mm. And so I've been doing more, you know, when I practice, I put on a, a song it's just such a different style of singing is that like straight ahead vibrato and and you know overacting <laughs> overacting <laughs> but it's the right amount of acting <laughs> um and it's really fun and so i'm toying with maybe going in that direction next but i'm not sure mm -hmm. and i'm not rushing myself good let's see good well so, i wish you the best of luck with you. that this has been absolutely wonderful and i'm i'm going to stay in touch because i think we are on the same wavelength about empowerment and self-worth yeah. and and stuff so and i love chatting so you know hit me good. up anytime but my thanks to judy fine her contact information is in the show notes i invite everyone to tell me what you've always wanted to try and what you'd like to hear about in future episodes this has been the third episode in my series on singing. If you enjoyed it, I invite you to listen to Learn to Sing with Nancy Salwin from May 2018 and Learn to Sing Jazz with Isabella Celentano from January 2019. Plus, I've created an online course entitled Eight Steps to Launch Your Dream Life with step-by-step -step instructions to clarify and achieve what you've always wanted. Check it out at launchyourdreamlife.com. I'm Liz Sumner, reminding you to be bold, and thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.